Well, if you're online today, you are in for a real treat. And for all of you that are in the room uh, as well. Uh, you know, um, this congregation is a part of a tribe called Foursquare. And the slogan verse uh, that, uh, that our tribe has chosen is in Hebrews chapter 13. And it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. But you know, the point when that was written was not so much that truth as it was the verse that preceded it, which says, remember your leaders who have spoken the word of God to you, consider the outcome of their way of life, and imitate their faith. For Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So I'm going to introduce you to someone today, Lori Dickerson, who is not Jesus, but if you follow her around, you'll get closer to him. Anna and I first met Lori when she was in high school in Eugene. And we watched as she prepared for vocational ministry. We watched as she was sent as an international missionary, as she pastored in various churches. She was, he was a church planter. And then we got reconnected with Lori here at Evergreen a little over 12 years ago as we came here. A few months later, Lori felt called, and we sent her as a congregation to Uganda. Uh, over those years, part of your regular faithful financial giving has gone to support that work. Uh, many of you have gone there to, in Uganda on various trips and opportunities and bills. And today, Lori has come home to share with us, like Paul and Barnabas did to the church at Antioch, the wonderful things that God did in this mission that she was called to. Lori, your life is commendable. The fruit of your life is admirable. And we are ready to hear from you today. Would you welcome Lori? Thank you so much. It's great to be with you. Uh, wonderful to be back. Always wonderful to be back home. Thank you. Um, so 12 years ago, yeah, I got set out, thought I was going for a couple months, maybe three, and uh, 12 years later, <laughs> here I am, um, and I love the verses that you guys are using uh, last week, this week, and the next week uh, from Colossians 2, 6, and 7, that the very end of that says, overflowing with thankfulness, and I just want to say to you, I am overflowing with thankfulness for all of you, the part you've had in what we do in Uganda and overflowing to God in thankfulness for what he has done uh, through all of us working together to see this done. So the first picture is, I'm going to show you a bunch of pictures. This is uh, the continent of Africa. And Uganda is the red part. And it's about the same size as the state of Oregon in square miles. And there's 44 million people that live there in Uganda. And the next one shows you the country. And I used to be in Budaka. I'll talk a little bit about that. That's where we started. That's where you first sent me out to. I was there for four years. And now I'm in Fort Portal. So I used to be right next to Kenya. And now I'm right next to Congo over in Fort Portal on the other side of the country. Okay. And next, we're also, to show you, we're on the equator. So it's hot and humid there um, all the time. And on the equator, I don't know if you know this, but if you're in the northern hemisphere and you and, and water is going down, it goes clockwise. And so when you're at the equator, they have these little bowls of water sitting, one in the northern hemisphere, one in the, in the center right on the equator, and one in the southern hemisphere. So they put a little, they pour water in and they put a little flower in there. And as the water goes down, it the flower goes clockwise. If they do it in the southern hemisphere, it goes counterclockwise. 
And if you pour it right on the equator, it goes straight down, doesn't go around at all. Very interesting, isn't it? That, that's free. Okay. <laughs> but I'll let you know. Okay. The other thing about the equator, I was telling somebody out there after the service, is that we have sun from 7 to 7 all year long. There are no seasons. So, um, yeah, so every single day you get 12 hours of dark and 12 hours of light every day. I want to show you a little bit about my life. So that's a king cobra, about six feet long. Um, obviously dead. I don't take pictures of live snakes. So <laughs> just a policy I have. Okay, the next one is a green mamba. And these are the second most deadly snake in the, in the world. Um, and it was on my front porch in Port Portal. And uh, the guy who takes care of my yard came and showed me that he had killed it for me, which was wonderful. Um, next is Calibus monkey. Oh, no, this is the bug, sorry. Um, this is a bug that actually is from uh, Budaka. I had seen in Budaka. We have lots of bugs, snakes, that kind of thing. But the size of this bug is what I want you to see. So the next one, that's somebody holding that bug. <laughs> Y'all want to come? No. Okay. Okay. So next is the Calibus monkeys. And uh, this is a monkey we see as you're driving along in the trees and stuff like that. Um, they have the big long tails with the white foof at the end of them. It's a Calibus monkey. Next is the baboons. And do you see what he's standing on? That's a guardrail. Okay. <laughs> so they're along the roads as you're going places. You'll see these, the baboons and the baby, little teeny baby baboon. Who's, who's learned how to sit up there, too, and beg as you go by. Okay, next. This is a lizard near my house. Very, very colorful animals, animal life there. And next is a crested crane. That's the national bird there. It stands about this high. And a beautiful, beautiful bird. It's very stately. Um, and we also have egrets, but you have egrets here, too, right? And they're maybe a little bit shorter than that. Um, and I was driving with Gerald, who's my right-hand guy uh, there, and we, we saw egrets, and I said, man, those are beautiful birds. And he said, yes, and they are delicious. <laughs> yeah. When, when you don't have food and you can eat an egret, you eat one, I guess. So anyway, okay, next. And this is a, to, to let you know how it is driving around there. Um, this is a, a motorcycle carrying a goat. And, well, it's a guy carrying the goat. The motorcycle has them both. And uh, everything is transported on uh, motorcycles and other things like that. Because people, maybe 1% of people there have a car, let alone anything else to carry, carry things on. The next one is a pig on a motorcycle. Yeah, that'd be fun, huh? Happy pig. Um, <laughs> okay, next. And there, if you're moving, yeah, give you an idea in case you don't have money for a moving van. There you go. Okay, next. And this is uh, out in the villages. You'll often see people on bicycle like this. They've made baskets and they go around and try to sell their baskets around in the village. Next. And this one, <laughs> this is, you just have to be very careful when you're driving there. Um, as you can see, or walking along the side of the road, because <laughs> at any point you could get hurt by a log like this. This is like about a half a mile from my house where this picture was taken. Okay, and, and this is transport for a lot of people, so there's, there's a couple ways of transport. Boda-bodas people rent, but they're, uh, they're quite expensive, so it's like a taxi, um, but uh, they also have um, minivans, that, that are called matatus there. And they say on the side uh, for 14 people, but I've been in them with 32, OK? 
okay, in a minivan, okay, um, going places. So people often can't afford even that kind of transportation, and so they'll pay the truck driver 1,000 or 2,000 shillings, like 30 cents, to be able to ride to Kampala on a truck like this that, that he's going anyway. And so they'll ride on it, but we uh, often hear uh, about every two months you hear of an accident with one of these that rolled over, and then those people on top, most of them are dead because the truck rolls over on top of them. But it's worth it to them. The risk is worth it because they can't get any place unless they can do that. So uh, that ju I just want you to kind of get a picture of my life, okay, driving my life. Um, we began in Budaka, over in the east of the country. We were there for four years. You guys sent me there. And uh, because of all you did, we have a church, a school, and an orphanage there. And some of you know that that work... Uh, our, our relationship with them did not end well. It was really difficult, a difficult time, um, but the work is still going on. And so I praise God, I thank him that it's going on. Even though we can't be involved, I don't really see them very much. But the next picture shows you the kids. Some of you will remember this picture. This is when we first started over there in Budaka, and those are the first kids we got in the orphanage. Brenda, who's the tallest one back in the back, she's now in college. She just started her first year of college. So that's, yeah, yay. Um, so I don't get to see them very often. Every once in a while I get to see them. A couple years ago was the last time I saw them. Okay, and the next picture shows where we started with them in these uh, buildings here. And next we built a house for them. You guys are all a part of this. So we built an orphanage just for the kids to be able to uh, live in a safe place. So we built that orphanage. And then uh, about 2011, 2012, you guys did a Christmas, one of your Christmas offerings, and you sent enough money and we built the school for them. So they have a school and they have an orphanage and, um, and a church there. Um, in Budaka. So then after, that was four years of my time over there, and then I transitioned and went to Fort Portal. So I want to tell you about what's happening now in Fort Portal. Um, we have a church, a bakery that supports the work, and then small business loan ministry. And we, some of you will know we have been doing uh, kids crusades out in the villages, but we had to stop because of COVID. So we haven't done that for since last February in 2020. Um, so the bakery supports everything else. But the church, let's look at here. New Life Church starts at 10 a.m. Good. Okay. And so uh, the next picture shows you uh, one of our fellowship times. I make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Um, I used to make things like spaghetti and big, big hot meals. And they really appreciate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. A, a person over there might get a, a piece of bread, a couple pieces of bread, two or three times in a year. So they love bread. So when you make sandwiches, everybody comes and they eat all the sandwiches that are there. So, and you see this is between when they closed down churches at the beginning, then they opened again, then they closed again. But this is between. You see they all have masks that they're wearing. Okay, next. This is Juliet. She's one of our leaders in the church and her son, Jerry. Okay, next. And there's several of our leaders. Gilbert on the left in the yellow shirt, which is a University of Oregon shirt. So you can't see that, okay? It's a little, okay. And, and you notice the, the color of the cake? Yellow and green, okay, yeah. And this is a congratulations for Nicholas, who's in the red checkered shirt. And Yasin and Tony are there, and then Meclean is there. Um, and we do a lot of cakes. You'll see a lot of cakes in this. We are doing some congratulations. I want to tell you just a quick story about Gilbert that I've forgotten to tell um, in the yellow shirt. Um, last, in January 2020, 
I was at a, doing a kids crusade and he just happened to be there. And the Lord spoke to me and said, tell him that he needs New Life Church and New Life Church needs him. I'm like, okay, I don't know this man, but okay. So I went and said it and he goes, okay, got saved, started coming to church, he's part of our leadership team now. So <laughs> who knows? That's Gilbert. <laughs> okay, next picture. And then in, in between, when they wouldn't let us meet as a church, we could go out in the village. And so we would go out and go to people's homes. This is Joshua, who's waving. And Gerald is on the left, and Nicholas is on the right there. You'll see them on a lot of pictures. They're part of my leadership team there. And so we went to, to Joshua. Joshua came to the church, but his mom and his sister I'd never met before. So we got to go out in the village and meet people at their homes. Next is Brian and his mom. And, uh, and Gerald and Nicholas. So they'd only let us meet with six people at a time. So we would go to people's homes. Brian lives in a house that when you go in the door, house is a loose term, but when you go in the door, there's a, um, a the space, it's twice the, the width of a single bed. That's the space of their front room. And there is a single bed on one side with a curtain. And then we sat on the other side in the chair. So as you're sitting in the chair, your knees are almost touching the curtain. So that is their front room that we had church in uh, at their home. We were there a couple times. Next. And this is Tony. The tall one there is Tony and his mom and his brother and his cousin and Gerald and Nicholas. Um, and we were at Tony's house doing church. Next. And this, I just threw this one in because I took a picture of their, this is their kitchen at Tony's house. So kitchens are all outside there. Um, and they say if you have three stones, you have a, a, a kitchen there. So you put the three stones, you balance your pan, and then you just feed the fire underneath. So this is their kitchen right outside of their home. Um, <coughs> okay, next. Okay. Thank you, Pastor Lori, for helping us in, the, in this COVID. Thank you very much, and may God bless you, bless you. Thank you very much. So last year, one of the things we got to do as a church was feed people during the pandemic. We fed 1,992 people last year. We give them enough posho and beans for one month for their family. Posho is like a corn flour, a little finer than cornmeal, and they boil it with water, and then it looks kind of like mashed potatoes, and then they, they cook beans and put them on top. So we buy the posho and the beans for them, and then we buy a bar of soap so they can clean um, at their homes, and that's what they get for it's one month's worth of work. So we uh, worth of food. So that's what we d we did last year. So I want you to see some of these people thanking you for sending money so that we could keep people from starving over there. Next, this is a mom and her five kids. Notice the house. So mud and wattle house just sticks, and they put mud in it. And when it, when it starts wearing down, they put more mud. They just get more mud and put in it to hold it up. Next. Thank you very much. <laughs> so Gilbert did a lot of these. He did a lot of the deliveries. And, and he, so he taught them how to say thank you very much or whatever so that they could say something for the, for the video. Next. Yeah. <laughs> Match. Match. <laughs> 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 so 
<laughs> yeah, it's a wonderful one. Next. Well, you, you go take my greetings. Um, I take my greetings to Pastor Lori. Say I thank her very much. She's a very good woman. She has assisted me in the time when I was very much in need. I'm a very good woman. Did you hear that? Okay. Just in case you were wondering, I'm a very good woman. Okay. <laughs> so the other thing we did um, in 20, uh, 2020 and 2021 is we've paid salaries for teachers. They haven't been working for two years. And so last year we paid uh, for one, one small school, we paid all of their teachers' salaries. And this year we've paid three months. You guys, we together, have paid salaries for uh, a school. There are 17 teachers who got salaries for three months, and then we just paid them again for a half a month, several reasons for that, but we have, um, we have money to pay them for, the, for their, because they don't have any way to make money. So we've been helping that school. You have been helping those people who, get, school's been closed for two years, and so they have had nothing, no other way to do it. And Juliet, that you saw, Juliet's husband is a teacher at that school, so because of him, they get blessed, okay? Um, okay, Sweet Aromas Bakery. This will show you, this is the business that we started. Whoops, one more person. That is not Sweet Aromas Bakery. Okay, <laughs> there we go. That's my staff at Sweet Aromas Bakery. Again, a cake. Why do we do cakes? Because we're a bakery, okay? So we buy a lot of cakes. People, it's really special to have a cake there. And so that's my staff, who I, I just look at them, I just miss them so much sitting here with you guys. But that's my staff. Gerald is the, the one who's kind of sitting up higher. Um, and he, is, he has been with me the whole time we've been in Fort Portal, and then he was with me for about a year before that in Budaka. Just a tremendous, has proved to be a really tremendous leader and helper and leads the bakery. Next, there are some of the things that we sell. People come in and buy. And we also have coffees and teas. Next, and there's our cookies selection. Now, what's happened because of the pandemic is we don't have very many visitors coming through. So the bakery, uh, our business is about half Ugandan and half people from outside of Uganda who come traveling through. We live near some of the national parks. So people come through for chimp tracking or whatever, and they come to our bakery. The difference is now is that Ugandans spend a lot less money at the bakery than somebody coming through. So if you came to our bakery, you know, to drop 50,000 shillings there would be, you know, it's about $15. You wouldn't mind. But a Ugandan, that's a, that's a lot of money. So our income last year, or two years ago in the summer, was about 5 million shillings a month, and it's now 1 million shillings a month. That's a big difference, a big drop. So we've done some adjusting. We don't make cookies right now unless we have somebody come in and ask for them and that kind of thing. But... Um, We've had to make a lot of adjustments because of that. So Sweet Aromas, the idea of Sweet Aromas is it's a business that supports the rest of the work. The other thing we've done, uh, because we couldn't do the, the kids' crusades anymore, the Lord gave us the idea to start helping people with small businesses, small business loans. And so we have done several of those. I'm going to show you some of those. First one is Goats with Nicholas. So he built the house there with the loan we gave him and then bought three goats and the next one shows him standing outside of the house, and he's doing, that's the business he's doing right now, is goats. We, he also bought a uh, bicycle with that, so he can get back and forth to uh, town when he needs to. Okay, next. And this is Simon, and Simon uh, went through school to be a, a repairman for motorcycles for Boda Bodas, and, but he didn't have any tools. 
And so he would always have to rent or borrow tools so he wasn't making very much money from that. And so all, I found out that all he needed was a set of tools. So we bought the set of tools. Some people gave money for this. It was 300,000 shillings, which is just a little under $100. And now Simon has um, built himself a house. He's built his mother a kitchen at her house. He feeds his family every day. The, he, he's just doing a tremendous job with a very small gift but he's parlaying it into something else, which is what, that's what you want to see, right? That's what we want to see with these kind of things. Next is Elia, and Elia is uh, making chapatis, which is their kind of tortilla. And so we set him up in business, spotting the stove, and, and then he paid back the whole loan. Within about three months, he had paid back the entire loan. And about six months after that, he closed the business. And now, that was a year ago, so now he's been around asking for more money, and I'm like, no. <laughs> once. Um, anyway, but, but that's Aaliyah. He's out of school. He's, he's in S4, which is uh, about 10th grade, and um, schools have been closed, so we were trying to help him with the business to get going. So I, I talked to Aaliyah by text um, about three months ago. I, I was texting him, and I said, Aaliyah, um, what, are you, what are you thankful for? And so he, he wrote back, I'm alive, and I have good health. And uh, by the way, let me tell you that he ha he's HIV positive, and so he to say good health means something to him, okay? So he has good health, and I said, keep going. What else are you thankful for? He said, God has protected me well, and I don't worry for tomorrow, okay? I said, what else? He said, that's all. It's like, okay. So I responded this way. I said, I'm thankful for my family in America. I'm thankful for my family in Uganda, you and others. I'm thankful for my clothes. I'm thankful for my mind to think. I'm thankful for my hands to work. I'm thankful for my feet to, to walk where I need. I am thankful that I have enough food to keep me going. I'm thankful for Larry and Mary who let me live at their home while I'm here. I'm thankful for Pastor Joe, my good friend. I'm thankful for Diane who's coming to join me for breakfast. I'm thankful for the sun that keeps us warm. I'm thankful for the beautiful blue sky. I'm thankful for friends. So then there's just a few minutes and then he writes back, wow, that is amazing love. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, I, and I, I work really hard at the church them to be thankful. Do you have more than one shirt? And they'll go, yeah. Well, aren't you thankful that when you wash that, the one shirt, you have another one to put on while you're washing that shirt and waiting for it to dry, okay? Aren't you thankful for the littlest thing? Do you have two pairs of shoes? One pair of shoes. Are you thankful for the one pair that you do have? Well, I really want, mm -hmm. how many of you have ever said that? But I really, yeah, okay. <laughs> how many of you have more than two shirts? Yes, okay, <laughs> we all do, don't we? Okay, so trying to teach them also to be thankful for what they have, not look at what they don't have and think, gosh, that's really, really, if I could just have that. So one of the people we, we fed last year was Sissy. And so I want to show you some pictures of, of her. Those of you who get my email, you, you'll know about this story. So that's Sissy sitting down. She's also HIV positive. And Gilbert's there taking the food to her. I didn't go the very first time. That's her house, her daughter Patricia and her son Kenneth. And um, th so they went and took the posho and then the green bag has beans in it. And the next picture shows you the inside of her house. That's a wall in her house inside. So I went the next time to visit and the floors are uneven because they're mud floors. And so I, st I just stumbled a little bit. I put my hand up against a wall and part of the wall came down. You can see why that would happen, can't you? <laughs> um, and part of the wall came down. And I felt like at that moment the Lord said, and you can build a house for her. 
And I'm like, okay. So I put the word out. And amazingly, you guys, we, we worked on a house. Let me show you something else in her old house. This is the bedroom where uh, her son, Kenneth, and she, she needs a lot of extra care. So he, was, he, he sleeps in the same room and helps her during the night when she needs help. But this is his bed with the slats. And uh, he was built when he was four years old. And he's now 11, 12 years old. And he can't fit in that little cramped space. So his feet go up over the top of the slats. So I said, why don't you take the slats off? And they said, because the whole thing falls apart. That's what's holding everything together is those slats. So we said, okay, let's buy a bed. So you'll see us moving the bed out. We had to take it up over the top of the wall in order to move his bed out. We had bought him a new bed. And then... Next, this is the new house we built for them. So it's all cement, and uh, it's, it's about 200 square feet, the whole thing. Okay? That's like your bedroom, right? <laughs> okay? Um, and there's two rooms in it. The room where you first go in there in the door, and then to the right, there's another room. And the next picture, there we are with a cake. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Welcome to your new home yellow and green <laughs> please note <laughs> i saw you, gerald will always say what color i said gerald really you know what color i want <laughs> okay so we're all rejoicing at their new home next and there's the bedroom with the new beds i they don't look like nice beds to you but those are really nice beds over there we bought them new mattress and new bed okay next and then we set her up with a shop so that she can sell. Even when she's weak and stuff, she just wheels. That's part of the house. The f it's probably about three feet in from the window, and she just sells through the window. There's rice and sugar and salt, posho, um, and uh, some, some little spices, some tea, that kind of thing that people will buy out in the village. And she has now saved, she's been doing this since September of 2020, and she has now saved savings, 180000 which is about $60. And that's a lot of money there. So that's what she saved besides feeding her family and stuff. So just wonderful, wonderful stories of these people. Next. There she is standing, Sissy standing by, and that's uh, sugar cane there. People buy sections of sugar cane also to chew on. Okay, next. And there we are standing at her front door. That's Nicholas. And um, Gerald must be taking the picture, I'm guessing, because I know he was out there. And just so, she was so happy to be there. And then I, wa I want to show you this video. And this is her daughter, Patricia, this next video. And um, I was there and I said, you know, I'd love to hear you guys. What, what do you feel like? What do you like about this new house? What is it? And I knew some of it, but because they're just so, so thankful. And so I want you to listen to what Patricia has to say. We thank God for the gift of this house when we are sleeping because we are in heaven. We thank God for this new house when we are sleeping. We feel like we are in heaven. Isn't that amazing? Does that make you any more thankful for what you have? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? So we are overflowing with thankfulness. They are overflowing with thankfulness. Thankful for God to what he's done in the 12 years when I thought I was only going to be there for a few months. You know, you guys tricked me into this. Um, and not even knowing what we were supposed to do. Not even having any clue. And just walking out what Jesus told us each day. What do you want, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to do? And some things have failed and some things have been great. And isn't that how life is? Yeah? 
all of our lives. So the reason, one of the things I want to tell you today is that we are in the beginning of the end of American involvement there. So I will, for over the next two to three years, I will be transitioning to be here more, there less, um, and turning it over. That's been the goal from the very beginning, is that they can take it, have a self-sustaining model, and work through the bakery. Um, and I've been there for now seven, seven years. Um, so we had two goals, a church that understood and walked in the, and taught the kingdom of God, and a business that would support the work so the whole thing becomes self-supporting. And so those are the two things we, we've watched for them that take over responsibility, like you do with your kids, right? So we've watched for that takeover responsibility. And right now I've been gone for four months. So I'll be gone two more months. And they are doing really well at that very thing, is being responsible for what they have. I talk to Gerald twice a week, and we uh, exchange things. I talk to Nicholas at least once a month um, about how it's going. So we are beginning a time of less involvement there. We will continue helping them because the bakery's not doing well financially right now because of COVID. So we will keep helping them through that. But the idea is that I will be here a lot more and there a lot less. I don't know where here. I don't know. God said, in the same way I showed you when you went there, I will show you when you come back. We'll see what happens with that. So my question to you is, are you thankful? Are you thankful for what you have? Are you thankful for more than one shirt? Are you thankful for a pair of shoes? Are you thankful that God has given you a kitchen that's inside your house? I assume most of you have a kitchen inside your house. Okay. Do you find yourself stopping to say thank you to our Father during the day? Thank you uh, for, for your, your, your fingernails. Thank you for wh whatever. Thank you, thank you, Lord, for my toes because they provide balance. Okay. Whatever it is, are you thankful? Overflowing with thankfulness. Can you pray with me? Father, I thank you that you have done an amazing thing through all of our efforts, Lord, as we have gone, I've gone, and some of these people have come over, and Lord, many have given so that we can do this work. And I praise you, Father, for what you have done in Uganda in these different people's lives as I think about my staff, Lord. I think about the people in the church, Lord, even about the kids back in Budaka, Lord. You have done an amazing work, and we praise you, for what you have done. We thank you, Lord. We want to be overflowing with thankfulness for what you've done. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's say thank you to Lori. <laughs> Lori, as uh, you were talking, um, I was reminded of Jesus' first sermon. And uh, at his hometown, he opened the scroll and he, and he read this. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. That's the work of Jesus. And Laurie, as you've shared stories with us today, we have heard the work of Jesus around you and through you 
And by extension, thank you for including your family here that has participated along with others uh, in this work as well. Uh, Twelve years ago, we prayed for you and sent you for three months. Thank you for coming home. You're a bit, you're a bit tardy, but the stories are worth it. We want to pray again for you. You are not done with your work, but you're done with the season, and you're in a transition, and that transition is uncertain and unclear. And just as we prayed to send you, committing you to the grace of God, we want to pray and commit you to this next season as well. Would you stand with me? You might want to extend your hand of blessing this way again as we pray. Jesus, thank you that all around the world you are setting people free. You are comforting and caring for the poor. You are helping people who are sightless see, and you are helping people who are oppressed come to, come to freedom and find justice. That's the work of your spirit. And thank you, Lord, today just that we've got to soak for these several minutes in hearing these stories of the ongoing work of Jesus as you build your church here, near, and far, as you build your church in a way that the gates of hell will not prevail against it, as you continue to press, make inroads into every place and every people in every generation. Thank you for the work that you've called Lori to, that she has so faithfully done. And now, Lord, in this next season, that is uncertain, it's different, It's going to be great, but, Lord, it's uncertain. We commend her and commit her to your grace for this work as well. And, Lord, we are thrilled and grateful, thankful for the opportunity that we've been a part of Lori's story, your good work through her. We want to continue to do that as well. We stand with her in this, and we're grateful for her. That's our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. And, Lori, some very special people are here today. Uh, your daughter Abby is near. That we have here, near and far. <laughs> Abby is near, and so Jonathan is here. <laughs> and uh, I mentioned the old people first of all. Let's get right to the important one. The important one. And 13-month-old granddaughter Charlotte is here as well. Yeah. Lori, thank you. We love you. Well, you're my confessors. I just slid into the confessional, and you just pulled the screen across. Father, mothers, sisters, and brothers, I confess my sin. I grew up, I woke up grumpy this morning. Long list of complaints. I'm going to try to be grateful this week. How about you? All right. See you next week.